Yes Girl podcast presents On the Frontlines, a celebration of Black women who are taking care of our families and theirs too. These beautiful souls are more than essential. They are powerful. Corey Murray. Charlotte Penn. Hi, sister. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm extra good because this series that we've been doing is so good because we're getting a chance to hold space for all the Black moms out there who are putting it on the line every day for their own families, for us, and for ours. Last week, we spoke to two incredible twin doctors who are getting and keeping us well. And this week, Charlie, I'm excited for our guest this week, who you found. Me too. Yes. This week, we have Kenya Slaughter, who works for Dollar General in New Orleans. Okay. And Corey, I'm excited because I found her story on the New York Times. And what really struck me about it was like the detail. She works long hours. She has to provide her own PPE. She doesn't get paid sick leave. And she was offered like a measly one-time $300 bonus while risking, like, while literally risking her life every single day. Because, you know, we're flocking to the Dollar Generals and all the stores. But she was brave enough to share her story. You know, and she loves her job. She's an essential worker, right? But she didn't ask to be. With all that's been going on, I'm just so glad that we found her. Because I think, you know, we've been talking so much about essential workers. But we haven't really been... A lot of people haven't been like zooming in on the individual stories and their stories. And since she was sharing hers, I'm so happy we were able to really dig in because she's such a dope and incredible human being. And she was doing all that to raise awareness for other workers like her, which also was just so powerful. And you know what really, really touched me about Kenya's story, and that's another layer, a very important layer, is her as a mother, because she has a daughter who's on the autism spectrum. And hearing her talk about how she's engaging with her, who doesn't really understand what's going on because she's young, and then trying to protect her, it really resonated with me as a mother. And I think that it's so important, Corey, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, to give people their roses while they can smell them. And we do it so often with celebrities, but with our frontline workers and our essential workers, it is time. So you guys are really going to love this conversation with Kenya. Let's do it. Corey, sister, hello. How are you? I'm well. How about you? I'm good. We're continuing our series, and I think this week is really special to both of us for a lot of reasons, but mainly because we are encountering sheroes like today's guests every day. You know, I've talked a lot about how grateful we have been to be able to go to the grocery store, you know, pick up things that we need, toilet paper, paper towels, and food. And I was telling you the other day, I've almost wanted to reach out and hug the people behind the register and stocking the shelves because. I wouldn't be able to feed my family if it weren't for them. And they're they're risking their lives and I just want to hug and squeeze them even though we can't. No, I totally feel the same way. Um, I feel that way I, um, before I left Brooklyn. I remember stocking up and going to Whole Foods and the, the cashier was like wrapped up in her hoodie. She had the gloves, she had the thing. And I was just like, oh my God, my heart goes out to you because you're dealing with this every day. And I can't even imagine what that is to, to be in on literally on the front line as people try to, you know, prepare for their homes at home. So I'm so happy that you found this beautiful woman for us to talk to. Who, so who are we talking to today? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I was reading the New York Times and there was an op-ed titled, I never planned to be a frontline worker at Dollar General. 
written by Kenya Slaughter, who's in New Orleans or Louisiana. And Kenya's on the show today because it was such a powerful essay. And, you know, we have a lot of unexpected heroes like her out there who we're so proud of and so grateful for. And they're, they're, they're risking a lot and they don't even have the PPE they're supposed to. And Kenya shared her story and she's trying to help her fellow employees and her colleagues. And I just thought we needed to talk to her about it. Kenya, good morning. You're our Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Kenya. You look so cute right now. You do. This is how you look. This is how you, this is how you do in quarantine. This is how. <laughs> On an off day. And I'm not even off today. But yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you have to go to work today? Yes, ma'am. Way later this evening. It's a short day for me. Oh, my gosh. So I'm curious, how did you come to share your story with the New York Times? Just being uh, around people that have certain connections. Like um, I'm currently a member of Step Up Louisiana and the founder uh, contacted me. Hey, would you like to do a piece with the New York Times? Sure. Well, it's not a guarantee that it'll be published. That's fine. I still would like to share my story because I feel people need to hear it. I know people can relate. So it's kind of how that happened. I got a phone call like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Did you have hesitations? Oh, I didn't hesitate at all. Immediately, I knew <laughs> that I wanted to do it. Um, I was interviewed uh, briefly. You know, we wrote some stuff down. We went over a few drafts and then we finalized it. And they said, hey, good news. It's going to be published. And it happened. The first thing I thought about when I read it was how brave you were. You know, because you're there, you're working there and you're talking about what's happening in real time and you are representing yourself and the other Dollar General employees in the same situation. And it takes a lot to speak out like that at a time like this. So congrats on your courage to start. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm um, I'm very vocal. <laughs> if I have something to say, I usually say it. Well, can you take us through a typical day right now at Dollar General as a manager, but in the pandemic? Because things have changed fast for you. Yes, they have. Okay, so uh, for me, my day, um, my general days, I'll work from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. I'll get there, sign in, count my drawer, put on my protective gear, disinfect my area. I'll have to get on the register for a little while. Um, depending on what's going on, someone may be there with me for a little while. They may not. Generally, from two to four, I'm there alone. So I'm alone on the register. That's peak hours. So the customers are constantly coming in. They need everything. Um, the ice and the propane are outside. So there's, the counter is really long. So I have to run from behind the counter, run around, go outside, grab ice, come back in, continue to ring them up, apologize to the customers for their wait, thank them for their patience, and just keep going. That's uh, the first part of my day. Once four o'clock hits, my coworker will get there. She comes in, she counts her drawer, she signs in, she puts on her protective gear when she gets in line to get started. When generally the line is wrapped around the corner, so I'll stay on the register and help her get the line down so I'm not able to take lunch right away. Then about maybe 4.30, 4.45, I can go ahead and take lunch. Once I walk the store, pick up any glass that's been broken while I was on the register by myself, not able to move. There's always something on the floor, some type of spill, some toys left in the aisle, someone's child left, there's always something. So I have to go and do that. And then I'll take my lunch, which I'd be really happy for because I like to eat. Once I have my lunch, I'm happy. <laughs> 
and I get back on the floor and continue to monitor the floor and clean up the store. And I can assist my cashier now by going outside to get the ice or the propane for her while she's on the register. I have to ask, though, I mean, now it seems like all the stores are packed, right? Because everybody wants to, to hoard and get, well, they're getting things. They're, you're stocking up. How, what was your store like before coronavirus has taken a hold of everything? Would you say it was a busy store or was it like a normal traffic store? Definitely a busy store. Um, the location that we're in, we're one of the top stores in our district. Um, we do really well at my location. So it generally is busy, but now it's like, twice as busy. Um, I do the deposits, of course, so I see that the revenue has doubled. Like, you know, I know what the deposit was before and I know what the, the deposits are now. So it's definitely doubled. But it was always um, fairly busy, but not like nonstop, can't breathe, can't go to the restroom. That was only the first through like the fifth of the month, you know, when people get their checks and food stamps and stuff like that. The beginning of the month is always busy anywhere in retail, generally. Um, but since the pandemic, it's just double time that. And do you have anyone who kind of limits how many people come in the store? Because I've been to stores like that where there's someone out there saying, OK, we're, we've reached capacity. We have our 50 people and you have to wait. Do you, do you have anyone doing that for you or, or are you doing it? No, ma'am. Unfortunately, I wish that was one of the things that I wish we did have was some type of security. We need security anyway. Again, like I say, I'm in the store by myself. So if I'm by myself, you know, I don't have anyone. I have to focus on the customer ahead of me. People need a lot of stuff. Um, cashiers can sometimes be like hairdressers, like therapists. I'll have people tell me their whole life story while I'm bringing up their stuff. And, you know, I try to be nice and compassionate and give them some good feedback and some positive vibes because that's what I do. But um, generally, there's no one there to tell anybody, wait outside, we, we've reached capacity, um, no one to remind people to stand six feet apart. I keep putting up signs because people get offended when you tell them, I'm not used to it. You know, they get real um, frustrated and they're not used to it. And I work in a really uh, urban area, so they're really <laughs> not for it. I find I'm uh, my family's from the South. So I know Southerners, we love to like be close to people. It's only when I've lived in New York now where if you get before Corona, before if you got close to somebody, people be like, why are you on me? Why are you on me? You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I think up North folks are a little more adaptable to the six feet, but I know in the South it's hard. It, it's because you generally want to wave and come in and, you know, hug and engage. Yeah. Engage, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So it's, it's very difficult. Kenya, it's really, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about not having those like protocols and things in place because, I, I, you know, we're all noticing that in more affluent neighborhoods, they've already installed plexiglass and, you know, all kinds of precautions and, and limits of people and all of these things, you know, and it's so unfortunate to see so many of our people, you know, working on the front lines and shopping and in stores and locations where this hasn't been done. Yeah, so from March 13th till April 27th, which ironically was the day after I aired on uh, uh, the Don Lennon show, <laughs> now we have plexiglass. And I got a phone call this morning from Dollar General stating that Louisiana was uh, top on our list and we have 70% of the state complete now with plexiglass. I was like, well, that's great. I, we do appreciate it. So well, bravo to you. That happened. Make that happen. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. It's exciting. I'm very happy. 
One of the things I wanted to ask you about is obviously it can be um, a little scarier than usual for you to go to work, a lot scarier than usual. And for all that's going on with the pandemic and all the fear, there's also a lot of hope and positivity. So what have been some positive interactions that you've had with customers and people who are really understanding and grateful? Like, you know, how Corey and I were saying in the beginning, we're so grateful for people doing the work that you are doing every day. Um, yes, what, what positive experiences have you had on the front lines? I've had some of my regulars like bring me food. I've had people like leave me lunch money, uh, tips like 20 bucks. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, you know, for somebody to just be giving me just for, you know, coming to work and just telling me thank you. You see, um, younger customers, uh, say my age, give older customers tissue. Oh, I got the last one. Oh, you needed one. Here you go, ma'am. It's been a, a lot of that going on, a lot of uh, that type of bonding. So despite it all, there has been a lot of bright sides, a lot of positivity, a lot of good vibes. I love that. One thing I loved in your story was you talked about that you've implemented a one cough per customer rule. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I am known for it. They know as soon as I hear the cough and hey, you guys, you know, you have a I've shortened it to a half a cough maximum <laughs> per customer. And, you know, it makes everybody laugh. And then they'll go on to explain that they have sinuses or it's a smoker's cough, which I, I can generally tell, you know, but I just, you know, like to keep my eye on them and let them know, hey, we hear you. You're making us nervous. I know. I uh, I think about that, like, especially with the pollen count that's, you know, rising and allergies and allergies. And even I like even while we were prepping for this call, I coughed and I was like, I hope they don't think even though we're not even together. Right. But, but Kenya, we are you're on the show because of just the fact that we want to thank you, because like we said, the series is about moms on the front line and you yourself are a mother. So tell us a little bit about your own child and what it's been like trying to take care of your own family while you also help us take care of ours. It's challenging, but I'm up for the challenge. It's it's I make it look easy. I get tired and I want an off day and a spa day, but I can't do any of that. So um, I come home. Well, first of all, my daughter's four years old and she is on the autism spectrum. So um, Harmony understands a lot, but her verbal isn't as good. So she's not getting her words out as uh as good as she probably should be at four years old. So that's the major issue. So when I come home and I'm, you know, I want to go disinfect, I have to try to avoid her to run to the shower first so that she doesn't see me and want to come hug me, which is really heartbreaking sometimes, you know, um, especially after a long day when I really want to give her a hug, you know, when I've had a rough day. But um, I go in, you know, disinfect. Uh, we make teas. Her dad just brought me this tea that we drink. <laughs> And we do steams and things like that. And like I say, Harmony understands really well. So she actually does the steam with me. And when I say that, I mean, like, literally come stand in a chair, you know, because she's short. And we go over the pot and I put a towel over our heads. She'll put the towel over our head and take a couple of deep breaths with me. But it's a little moist, so she'll jump back. But we do do that um, here at home. And I just be trying to prep food or get things that are really easy to cook or have his plate ready already get something that I can throw in the microwave for harmony. I don't really like processed foods, but I'd be tired a lot of the time. So I have to do what I have to do to make sure that, you know, everybody's fed. Can we talk about childcare? Because I, I am a mother too, and you know, I'm blessed in that I get to work from home, you know, so I can have her with me, but you have to go out to work. You are an essential worker. 
So what are you doing for childcare? And your partner works as well. Like child, I mean, child's cares are closed. Schools are closed. Yes, everything is closed. And it's hard enough to try to get childcare before things were closed. And before this pandemic, people are skeptical. People are nervous. People don't want, you know, to deal with, with other people or children for that matter. So I'm blessed that I do have a team of really good people in my life, you know, between um, my sister, my cousin, my hairdresser, and Harmony's aunt, we pretty much make it happen. You know, our, my her father and I off days align up to where, you know, okay, he have to work the days that I'm off. Um, I have to work the days that he's off and one of us can keep the baby. And then it's only like maybe two or three days that we may need a babysitter. And we try to rotate so we don't put her off on anyone because dealing with a child with a disability can be, you know, a lot. She's not fully potty trained. So no one wants to be trying to help change a four-year-old. And I understand that she's my baby. So I'm going to do, you know, what I need to do and put her with people who I trust and who I know actually care for her and understand. So it's immediate family. And, you know, no one charges me or, you know, too much or anything like that. I try to bless them and give uh, give gifts, give donations, so to speak, because they don't really want to charge me, you know, for watching their niece or watching their little cousin. But I still pay because I just feel like it's right because I would be paying someone else. Because you have a child with a special needs and I, I have a niece with special needs. How are you? Are you able to keep up? Does she have programs that she still needs to participate in or has that ended, too, because of everything? For Harmony, it's different because of her speech issue. Um, her teacher at the school that she was attending uh, does like story time online because she's only in pre-K and then she has a verbal issue. So at the most, we're just trying to get her to trace and write her name and color. Um, and of course, I practice, you know, trying to say things with her because speech is the major issue. Her speech therapist actually just reached out to me yesterday and um, I was like on my way to work, but she was supposed to email me with something, some program that they're going to be able to have, you know, via uh, Zoom or, you know, one of those programs where we can get online and do a face-to-face -face type of thing. So I'll have to, I'm waiting on the email so I can see what they're going to do. But school has been out since March 13th and I was just contacted yesterday. So that's definitely been hard for me. It's great that you have some people in your life and in the community who can help you. And it's been beautiful, I think, for us to see how the community is coming together. Um, what are you seeing with, uh, like, with your colleagues and your friends with how people are finding a way during this time, especially when, like you said, they had to be unexpected heroes and really put themselves out there in a time where they would normally not want to? Um, everybody has been really, really, really high spirited throughout all of this. Nobody's like really depressed or upset. You know, right. it's more of jokes being cracked about it here in Alexandria. Um, <laughs> some uh, friends of mine actually uh, did a club quarantine and it was online. Like literally they had the DJ, they had the lights going and they were just playing a bunch of songs. And when I tell you there were over a thousand people on that live and everybody was just, you know, jamming at home in their living rooms or on their phones in the bed or whatever. And um, that was really, really fun. Club quarantine went viral here in Alexandria. It was nice. Uh, I didn't get to stay for that long. I had to check out as usual, but, <laughs> but um, that was one of the things that was um, more upbeat, you know, they're, uh, they're selling crawfish. Uh, the prices of crawfish have gone down. Um, people are delivering plates, which is a, a big help. There are a few people here that have organizations and businesses where they come and deliver plates. The churches are selling plates, raising money. So things like that. Do you go for drives? Are you doing any like that to kind of just 
self-care. Yeah, self-care. I do, but I do love club quarantine myself. <laughs> club quarantine is fun. So actually, honestly, I personally haven't had a chance to do anything for myself, but my spouse, Harmony's dad, has been really, really on it. Like he cooked dinner and stuff last night. And one day last week, I came home and he had the little foot spas out and all the little stuff and, you know, made sure that I was able, he had it set up to where I could walk in. He had the baby squared away already. I was able to just walk in, get in the tub. When I got out, he had my food on the TV tray and the foot spot underneath. And he cut my favorite show. And that was, that was everything for me. I was, he was like, Mother's Day came early and I'm like, woohoo. So. (laughs) I love it. I love your positive energy, Kenya, and your vibes and the fact that you are truly trying to make the best, you know, of this time that we're all going through together. What advice do you have for other moms like yourself on staying positive and working through this, especially those that have to get out and work every day? Take time out for self-care. Mental health issues are real. Although they're taboo in the Black community, people don't believe in therapy and things like that. Do whatever therapeutic measures you need to do to take care of you. Whatever you need to do to make you feel better. If you need you know, some time out. Um, I'm one of those people who on Facebook, they like... Uh, repost this if someone can reach out to you, if you can provide a meal or whatever. I think I'm going to start one. If you just need a day, you know, you need a babysitter, you know, whatever it is that you can, that I can do to help you take some time for yourself because we need that as women. We, we definitely do. I always want to support my sisters and lift everybody up and adjust everybody's crowns and tell them, yes, sis, we can yes. do this. Stay positive, sis. We got this. So yeah, I definitely um, want to encourage all the mothers to stay strong, you know, stay prayed up and take some time for yourself. Definitely get you some time by all means, whatever you need to do, get you some time to you where you can just woosah. It's very much needed. What do you say, Kenya, when you have to when you have to go grocery shopping or when you have to go do some things and you encounter another essential worker? What are your words and your encouragement to them? Or have you had any? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. The funny thing is, is when you said that, I I thought about, you know, what I generally say, I'm usually going to Kroger and it's like, I know the struggle. I work at Dollar General. You know, I I like to let them know that, you know, I understand I work at Dollar General. Keep your head up. You get off soon, but you have a good shift. You stay positive, you know, make sure you're disinfecting, be safe. You know, I'm just like that everywhere I go when I go through the drive-thrus at Wendy's or wherever I just try to be like hey have a good shift I appreciate you you know as it goes a long way you're spreading the love this love is so good to see it going around right now um Kenya one of the other things we wanted to ask you about is that we found you through the step up Louisiana program as well tell us a little bit more about the program and your work through the program because it's really powerful Yes. Step Up Louisiana is an organization that focuses on getting fair wages and fair treatment for dollar store workers in Louisiana. No worker should have to choose between their paycheck and their health. We actually have 500 masks that we got donated from one of the organizations in New Orleans. I know that they were picked up from the Smoothie Center and they're bringing me up some actually tomorrow so that I can distribute in my parish. So I'm really excited about that Like, because we have like the regular emergency room mask at Dollar General currently now for the employees. These are like the N95. N95, yeah. Yeah, yeah. these are like the good masks. So, and then I have like, um, they're probably going to share with me probably over a hundred, I would guess. And um, because they, we have 500 total, you know, New Orleans needs some and that those areas down there, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, because all the way up, we're going to be sharing 
at the dollar store. So I'm really excited about that. We're trying to engage with the Dollar Tree workers, the family dollar workers, as well as Dollar General workers, because we all share the same struggle. All of the stores are pretty much the same with what we don't have and the laws that they have in place for us regarding sick leave. So that's one of the main things that um, Step Up Louisiana is focusing on at this moment. How can we help you all? Because I'm sure it's in our hearts to do it. So many of us who are so grateful. With Step Up, um, just this interview is a start, you know, just getting the word out, you know, for people to know, you know, what we're focusing on and to to look up Step Up Louisiana and organizations um, like-minded. We have a few sister organizations that do the same type of thing. Step Up is really powerful. They've been a big voice. Remind, you're reminding me, you, you are in the hotbed of this pandemic. I mean, have you been affected? Has anyone in your family or friends been affected by COVID-19? Yes, ma'am. My uncle passed away from COVID-19, but he's in another state. He fought for about a week and the symptoms just got him. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. We've been saying like at this point, and for so many of us, especially in the areas at the epicenter, everyone has lost someone or knows someone who has. Right. And it's been hard. Right. It, it is. It's really difficult just dealing with this and just people not taking it serious really sucks. It's like this is a deadly disease. Do you guys not see the numbers or see some of the viral videos that are going on with the people um, in the prison systems and just everywhere in these hospitals? New York, they found a U-Haul with over 100 dead bodies just in the U-Haul unrefrigerated. Like, that's crazy. So yeah. it, it's really it's a lot. That's a lot. I'm happy, yeah, I'm happy that we can all continue to be there for each other, to support each other, to try to raise awareness what we can. And one of the last things that we want to talk about is uh, in your op-ed, you mentioned um, how one of your colleagues had been, or someone that you know, had um, been robbed at gunpoint. And like, you know, the whole issue with safety, particularly women right now in retail, women like you have to work alone. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because I don't think it's necessarily something we'd all really thought about. And it's Yes, ma'am. Again, you know, I work in a urban area and things are people are desperate around the holidays. People are already desperate. That's when theft spikes because people feel obligated to feel like that they have to get their children something or they have to get their spouse or their mother or whatever the case may be. So they come and steal and sell stuff so that they can pr- try to provide for their family. That's what they do. That's all they know how to do. Um, the, the, the gunpoint thing uh, right now with the COVID-19 relief. People aren't getting their money. The unemployment office is overwhelmed. So it's a lot of backed up. So people seeing other people get money, you know, and then people are on drugs. They have drug habits. They do bad stuff. When you have, you know, a habit that you're trying to support, you don't have any income and, you know, it's a bad habit. So they're desperate and they'll do anything. And that makes me definitely nervous because when you're dealing with someone on drugs, they're not in their right mind. So they will do anything. They don't care that I'm a woman and I'm five foot three. They don't care. They will put a gun in my face and tell me, give them everything. Well, we have to do our best to keep each other safe. And part of that is telling our stories. And Kenya, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing yours. And I'm so proud of you that you're, by you telling your story, you've made your corporation make changes. Sister, yes. I mean, that's incredible, Kenya. And I know you are busy, you're a mom, you're out here on the front lines, but we salute you and we celebrate you. And you are showing us that everything makes a difference. 
Thank you so much. It needs to be heard. There are a lot of people with stories similar to mine. There are a lot of people with stories probably worse than my story. You know what I'm saying? I do appreciate you guys again for taking time out to reach out to little old me and make me feel important. It means the world to me. You're important to us and the people who do the work that you do are important to us. And we're all in this together. And you are no longer little. You are big and heard. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Corey. <laughs> Special thanks to our guest, Kenya Slaughter. Thank you for taking up the fight for essential workers' rights. We see you, sis, and we thank you. To learn more about Kenya's story, check out her op-ed with the New York Times titled, I Never Planned to Be a Frontline Worker at Dollar General. And to learn more about the work Kenya is doing with Step Up Louisiana, the organization fighting for essential workers' rights, visit their website at www.stepuplouisiana.org. Yes, Girl, and this series is created by the Essence Podcast Network Pod Squad. Executive producer, Tiffany Ashate. Producers, Ashley J. Hobbs and Chantel Holder. Audio engineers, Josh Gwynn and Anthony Frazier. And our designer, Imani Nunez. Tune in every Tuesday for the month of May for more Black moms on the front lines.